Welcome to Screen Actors Guild, where we explore Oscar-winning actors and the embarrassing films they'd rather forget. I am your host, Michelle, the young 30s woman who is just now moving out of her parents' house into the great blue yonder. And I'm Henry, the boyfriend moving into his girlfriend's house who has one Safeway (laughs) bag full of clothes and one (laughs) boombox. That's me. (laughs) Um, Yeah, Gwyneth, eh? Oh, God. It's Gwyneth Week. It's a, yep. the, the goop queen herself. It is Paltrow time. It's Paltrow uh, time, everybody. And we're not here to talk about vagina-scented candles. We are here to talk about her wonderful wait. romantic comedy wait. excursion in 2003. Wait, wait rewind that back. <laughs> uh, are you not is aware? That... This is no. a thing. Yes, I'm familiar with real. goop, but... The thing you just described is not something I'm familiar with. Very much real. Uh, yeah, hmm. so she's got, in addition to her cultish following of mom tips and pseudoscience, she's also just got products, and one of them is um, uh, a vagina-scented candle. I, huh. I, I don't, I don't huh. know. I don't huh. know. <laughs> is, uh, I would it, imagine she wants to paint uh, her vagina in a positive light, so I hope that it is very yeah, good pleasant pleasant aromas all around but good for her is it like i hmm is it is it a specific vagina scented candle or is it like that i think i i'm not they don't all smell exactly (laughs) the same i think that she is channeling specifically hers interesting gwyneth paltrow's specific actual vagina and candle form interesting wait wait so is it also like vagina shaped is it is it like oh shit it should have been vagina shaped what a missed opportunity nat it's a regular ass candle so uh regular ass candle the the wick uh brings up interesting questions Uh, (laughs) so yeah we're (laughs) we're talking about gwyneth the gwen goop paltrow yep she is an oscar-winning actress believe it or not for Shakespeare in Love. Yeah. And I remember when she won for Shakespeare in Love because my mother was so angry that Kate <laughs> Blanchett didn't win for Elizabeth. Oh, which is like, she was up against Kate Blanchett shit. for Elizabeth. That's so yeah. fucked up. Yeah. No, it's actually my mother's anger was righteous and deserved. Absolutely it was. That's a crime against humanity. Man, like the actor's actor, like Kate Blanchett is like even at her worst, she's kind of got that Meryl Streep energy where you can put her in a shitty movie and she's still a delight to watch on screen. I mean, she's the greatest actress of her generation. She's my favorite certainly. favorite, and then that was like the role of a lifetime. And uh, Gwyneth, uh, for like a role, like she's fine in Shakespeare in Love. Sure, but like, yeah, but that's- also. Who cares? Like, she's fine. That's rough uh, stuff. That's rough stuff. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, it is the only time the Oscars have ever made a bad decision. Uh, <laughs> so you can't hold it against them too much. Uh, and yeah, there's just, well, you know, it's that thing. It's like every rom-commy actress eventually gets one. Yeah, right. It was just her turn. It was just her turn. Came around early because she's, you know, kind of ushered in Hollywood royalty and she got to just... Take her turn right. uh, early in that career of hers. The rest of her career has been a little more Avengersy, a little more, a little more on the yeah. mainstream tip. 
just pap. Uh, so oh, pap. Do you want some? Uh, do you want to know some things about Gwyneth Paltrow? I do. From the Internet Movie Database. I so do. Has... I do know that she will not be described as a curvaceous woman, which is no. the only way to describe women. So now I'm very curious what other adjectives oh. the Internet could come up with. Oh, are you talking about her statuesque model-like figure? God damn it. Uh, is that number one? That is one of her three trademarks. The second is blonde hair and blue eyes. Of course it which, is. Which, again, friends, not a trademark. trademark. Those are phenotypes. Those are just phenotypes. Trademark. Uh, and her third trademark is that she often plays British characters. Does she? Does she? Does she? Wait, but she does do she? What? Once, I think. Yeah, besides... Maybe multiple times. <sighs> I'm trying to... Rem- okay. I don't think she ever does, right? She never does. She never ever yeah. does. Shakespeare in Love. Yes. Is She's British in that. Um, well, she plays the British Pepper Potts. Oh, uh, she Emma. The, she's an Emma. She's an Emma. Yeah. I guess she's British in Proof. Okay, so that's three okay. in... Uh, oh, she's young Wendy in Hook. Okay, okay. Oh, yeah, she's this barely same, in that movie, though. That does not count. She... D- she she sometimes plays British characters. I will give her that. But that's... Uh, Internet Movie Database, this is not... These are not what trademarks are. I don't... I don't no. know what they are precisely, but they're not any of these things. Trademarks are basically a woman's silhouette and how much she does or does not pronounce the letter R. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> So classic Gwyneth. So a couple of important things about her. Uh, in October 1998, uh, the Internet Movie Database charted that she was voted most stuck up in Movie Line Magazine's 100 most. That is very rude. It's also the title of this magazine was Movie Line Magazine's 100 most. <laughs> just most fill. Oh, just you know what most. it's like. It's like in high school when it's most likely to, it's but it's only just yeah superlatives in order to be really rude to women in Hollywood. Yes. Cool. Cool. Uh, so I'm gonna jam through some of these because they're like only kind of interesting. This was way less interesting than Reese Witherspoon, but there's a couple good ones in here. Okay. Uh, she attended UC Santa Barbara for one year as an art history major and attended Crossroads High School in Santa Monica, California for one year. Gwyneth. You have to stay in school for longer. Uh, <laughs> after spending a time in her early teens in Toledo, Spain, she can speak, quote, fairly good Spanish, and she speaks French quite well, having spent a summer in Paris when in her early 20s. I believe no. neither no. of these things. No, that is not how that works. Just because she can say croissant does not mean it <laughs> <laughs> does not a French speaker make. Uh, she's best friends with Madonna, which is fun information. Uh, I will say I actually think that is fun information. That's a very unlikely friendship. It's kind of fun information. She's also, I'll just read this directly, friends with Cameron Diaz, Stella McCartney, Liv Tyler, Reese Witherspoon, Tracy Anderson, and Kate Hudson. Uh, That's one single line of trivia. Uh, (laughs) Another single line of trivia is as follows. Greatly admires Johnny Depp. She worked with him on Mordecai. Ew, <laughs> God, I hated hearing that. <laughs> like, the notion of the, like, nobody should admire Johnny Depp. No. One. And two, of all the what reasons. A funny to. backup. <laughs> no, like, I greatly admire Johnny Depp. He was such a bad boy in the late 80s. It's, I greatly admire his current work. 
His, what he's he, doing now? She worked with him on the movie that we almost watched for this episode because it was her second worst movie. Yeah. I really appreciate his work in Pirates of the Caribbean 5. Even more pirates. <laughs> is there a fifth one? I don't know. P- pirates 2, Pirates 3. Is, all right, is lifelong friends with Norman Lloyd, who knew her mother, Blythe Danner, for exactly 40 years, right around the same time she was born? Is lifelong Wait. friends with Norman Lloyd, who knew her mother, Bryce Danner, for exactly 40 years, right around the same time she was born. It's the for exactly 40 years paired with right around. <laughs> right, exactly 40 years. Ballpark it 40 years ago? Yeah, yeah. Uh, another important thing to know about Blythe Danner, her mother, Blythe Danner, was about five months pregnant with the future actress when she appeared in Columbo, Etude in Black. The episode of a TV show also starred John Cassavetes and aired during the series' first season. This is part of Gwyneth Paltrow's trivia. (laughs) Shit about Columbo from the 70s. Uh, She revealed that her daughter... She revealed she named her daughter Apple because apples are whole, sweet, and crisp. Uh, She... Nice. So... I'm going to read a series of statistics that uh, appear in her her IMDb profile. Is one of 15 Oscar-winning actresses to have been born in the state of California. Is one of 11 actresses who won the Best Actress Oscar for a movie that also won the Best Picture Oscar. Is one of 25 actresses who received an Academy Award for their performances in a comedy. Is one of 14 actresses to have won both the Golden Globe, the Best Actress Academy Award, and the Best Actress in a Comedy Musical Golden Globe for the same performance. Is one of three actresses <laughs> this is who psychotic. Have the, <laughs> who've won the Best Actress, both the Best Actress Oscar and the Outstanding Guest Actress in a Comedy Series Emmy. What? the fuck uh michelle someone's just typing away coming they up also with the list stats. every other actress that won those i have spared you and our listeners from the pain of having to go through those uh oh that is rough two, stuff there are two other things it's important to know about gwyneth paltrow one is that she was born at 5 25 p.m pacific daylight time thank you internet the second is that she twice played a superhero's love interest with the initials PP, Polly Perkins in Sky Captain of the World of Tomorrow, and Pepper Potts <laughs> in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> Forgot about Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow. <laughs> I would watch that. That seems like kind of we a fun movie. You should watch that. I bet it's real stupid and fun. It looks real. Th- like, to set like a World War One fighter movie in the future is such a cool, bold move. Yeah. Uh, but we're not talking about Sky Captain the World of Tomorrow. Uh, we we're talking are about talking a, about aviation. Yeah, a sky adventure of sorts. Of sorts. Uh, view from the top. View from the turp. Uh, this movie is boring. <laughs> so <laughs> fucking boring. This movie's this, nothing. This movie um, is both sad and bad. Yes, <laughs> it's correct. It's both of those things. But uh, you know what you're in for right away when the title comes across the screen and it's that like, um, it's like that marker font, like the the font that comes with like MS Paint and you get Mm -hmm. for free with every (laughs) word processing like (laughs) thing that and it's just like a kind of like a 
a handwriting font that definitely cost them negative dollars. That's how you know mm-hmm. that we're in for a mm-hmm. wild ride. Um, this movie is star-studded. We should probably get that out it of the is. way. Yeah, it's Winning. stacked. Fucking Christina Applegate, Mark Ruffalo, Kelly Preston, Candace Bergen, Mike motherfucking Myers, Rob Lowe makes an appearance. Uh, that girl who Josh plays Molina. Dion and Clueless makes an appearance. Right, um, Stacey Dash? Yes, yes. Love her. She's in it. She. Who else is in it? There's... Uh, I mean, I well, yeah, Josh Molina, who's like a major, uh, has like a long arc on West Wing. Uh, uh, plays who's the like kid? A, even the kid who's the oh, sorry, I interrupted you. West Wing. Oh no, it's not even worth it. Like he play uh, uh, Josh Molina in this movie plays the most stereotypical gay character that they could. Find oh in yeah, that guy. Movie. Uh, oh, and then the kid from uh, Freaks and Geeks is in it for a hot second. What? He's like Which in kid it. From Freaks and Geeks? Uh, right? Isn't it the main kid from Freaks and Geeks that plays her stepbrother who appears on screen for like four seconds at the very beginning of the movie? <gasps> he does. Yeah. He does. Just like, just long enough to hit his alcoholic dad in the head and then he's out of the scene entirely. But that's it. He's on, he's in there. He got his little baby break. Yeah. Um, do we want the. So. The plot of this movie can be summed up as basically Gwyneth Paltrow wants to be a flight attendant and then is and then doesn't want to be anymore and then isn't. And yeah. there's... Does get achieve the dream of having a boyfriend. I'm, I'm impressed that she... They're like able to make a movie with the budget that this movie had without a plot or central conflict or antagonist yeah. Or even really protagonist. Like, this no. movie just, like, unfolds on screen like somebody popped open, like a Casper mattress. Like, it's just sort of <laughs> existing. Like, there's there's no yeah. beginning or end. It just emerges. And you're, like, you're just supposed to watch it for 90 minutes. Yep. And it, it really gets the feel of something that started out as someone's uh, very, very boring sketch comedy idea. And then... <laughs> They were like, give it, give us more. Give us um, 86 minutes more. Mm-hmm. It feels like, like... Yeah. All right. So I remember when this movie came out, they mm-hmm. really played up the Mike Myers of it all. Like, he was heavily yes. featured in the trailers and led you to believe that he would be a central character in the movie. He's not. <clears throat> we're going to get into his whole all of it because it's arguably the worst and most annoying part of the movie. But it's also like the only thing that would have had any pull. Cause yes. like he was riding high on that Austin Powers wave and, mm-hmm. and then he just pops up, I think for, you know, probably a collective 10 or 15 minutes in this movie, just long enough to make me lose it entirely. Well, at least he's one of the characters where they introduce him and he maintains a character rather than they like, introduce a character and then unceremoniously remove them without without cause or effect or like (laughs) at the very end of the movie introduce what is like a major friend character for like three minutes like the at least mike myers maintains an arc in this movie which i can say about like only maybe two or three other characters yeah uh it's it's a very bad movie 
Here's the main problem that this movie had going for it just before they even started shooting. It is mm-hmm. a movie about a woman who grows up in a trailer park in, I forget what town, but it's got a real Reno oh, feel. Silver Springs, Nevada. Okay, yeah, Silver Springs, Nevada. So trailer park, string of like stepdads, uh, mm-hmm. girl who was told she could never really be anything, decides to be a flight attendant so she can see the world. Mm-hmm. They pick, They cast Gwyneth Paltrow, who has never... Yeah. In her the tra- entire... The trailer parkiest of actresses. She doesn't even know what Coach looks like. like <laughs> they picked a person who's exclusively lived in Hollywood since she was a baby and yeah. has one of the most, like, kind of... what's? Would you describe her vibe as... I think it was cruel of them to say the most stuck up in Hollywood. But she definitely has an air of, and I mean this with kindness, superiority... I Sometime. would say, I would say, and I say this with kindness, Gwyneth Paltrow has the energy of sending back your salad for the second time. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. I mean, even pre-Goop, she was rocking that vibe. Yes. And they cast her as, oh, and they cast her later in her adult life as far uh-huh. as this type of a movie goes. This is a real, like, you cast, like, a 19-year-old pursuing their dream. She is in her early 30s, and she is a beautiful woman, but she reads like a woman with the energy and life experience of someone in her early 30s who is just trying to seem dewy-eyed and inexperienced, and it's just a real rough watch. It's real weird. It's like watching a dog walk around on its hind legs. (laughs) I don't know what to do about it. Like, when they try to rough her up, like Max, they just, like, kind of change her hair into hair that looks like unfashionable at the time, I guess. Uh, but yeah, she's like glowing from beginning to end. Yeah. Even like, yeah, in the trailer park, it's like, she's, yeah, she, you're right. She's not, she projects zero trailer park energy. She's got uh, zero trailer park traits. And the problem is Christina Applegate, who is definitely fun to watch in this movie, as far as this movie goes, would have been like the perfect lead. Totally. Pure trailer park traits. She could have like, she could have really busted. I mean, she's a comedic actress. Like she could have mm-hmm. done it and done a fun job. And Gwyneth Paltrow has some things in her wheelhouse, but I would not say that being like a make fun of yourself goofball is really one of them. Yeah. Not the things. Not, not a, not a comedian. Like, nah, not 100% really. Not. Now, Nobody's funny in this movie, to be fair. She No. I no. don't think she's she gives it her all, but there's like there's jokes, not a single well, maybe I think one of them lands, but it's a joke that isn't even delivered on screen. Uh and I'm trying to remember there are like one or two moments that might have made me chuckle, but I don't think that they were really played up for the camera. It was like a throwaway line here or there. I'm trying to find it. Um, oh, unfortunately, and I am sad that this is a Mike Myers line, but that you put the emphasis on the wrong syllable is a thing that I have quoted and only now realize that it can be attributed to this it's movie. It's from this. I just was... sort of assumed it was an Austin Powers quote. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I remember the trailer for this, right? When I watched the trailer to decide if we yeah. were going to do this one, like, yeah. this, this brought back a lot of memories, uh... And then we watched it, and it was like, 
the trailer is the closest thing to watchable in this movie. And even then, not really. Uh, there, there are some decisions in the movie that I like. Uh, I don't think they're good decisions, but I do like them. So Gwyneth Paltrow has decided to become a, uh, a flight attendant. She, she like signs up for this budget ass airline in Nevada that's run by uh, Silvio from Seinfeld or the, the private detective from the Big Lebowski. And uh, he, she's like, wash, she's, I don't know, she's at the sink in the bathroom. And Kelly Preston flushes from a stall, yeah. exits the stall, and immediately shakes Gwyneth Paltrow's hand. Uh, which I think is, like, such a class move. Yeah. Like, I... It's... The the amount of boldness it takes to, to make that move, I think should tell you a lot about a character that She's serves no purpose in the movie. She's a go-getter, and she doesn't care who she gets dirty. Uh, and she's a character in the movie... For a grand total of like eight minutes. Yeah. Poor Kelly Preston. That scene though, they introduce her like um, when you're watching like a movie and then they introduce a major star. And so the cameo Mm -hmm. is the reason to like have that scene exist at all. And she emerges from the stall. And then it's this from behind shot where it's just Gwyneth Paltrow and Kelly Preston washing their hands and drying their hands. And that is the scene. Absolutely yes. zero other things happen. There's like no information exchanged except their names, and it just goes on for a little while, and then it's the next scene. And I was like, huh, well. And you're introduced decision. to Kelly Preston as like a mentor character. Yes. And you get her as a mentor character for like three scenes, and then they dispose of her with a like, ah, she didn't make the cut for the air for the uh, flight attendants. Yeah. See you never, Kelly Preston. Yeah. And like, she's out. Why? Why even put her in the movie? What's? I don't know, what's man. The point of the character. I don't know. Why put anyone who's got any amount of fame in the movie? And why make them a That's mentor fair. if you're gonna like? Eh. Yeah. Because uh, apparently your character is a dumbass and she can't be a flight attendant. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Rob yeah. Lowe is a warlock, by the way, because he looks the same now as he does in this movie in 2003, and that he man has- made a deal with the motherfucking devil he has always looked exactly the same it's you know he drank from that uh that tom cruise fountain of youth and we're mm-hmm. all gonna he's gonna pay the ultimate price yeah <laughs> <laughs> or or others will i don't know i don't know how deals with the devil work but the man looks amazing i yeah he is i expected him to come back no, Didn't. he doesn't come back. He's only exists so that he can be handsome and instill a little bit of confidence in Gwyneth Paltrow for about 30 seconds at the top of the movie. He um, exists right? to be shown in the trailer and uh, then a bit like They put him in the trailer. I didn't watch the trailer for this. He's in the trailer. <laughs> yeah, he's in it for about a minute and a half generously, right? Yeah, he's in the movie for about as long as he's in the trailer. That's uh, funny. Maybe is he maybe in the end when she's suddenly a a, a pilot? Spoiler alert: she's a pilot in the end. I don't think so. Nope, he's not in that scene. I don't know. I think they just put him at the beginning. Um, yeah, I will say that that plane that she one thing highlight for me the plane that she originally gets her flight attendant job on. It's like kind of a. I don't know. What's the right way to describe it? It has like a 70s retro vibe going on inside. Mm. Everything's like yeah. brightly colored. There's like, there's a lot of 
the women are done up with the big hair and makeup and like what are basically go-go girl dresses as their uniform. Um, there's just a big brown furry wall. And the what? Rest, yeah. What? Because the rest of the plane is like bright red. It's all like primary colors and kind of funky looking, which is like a fun choice, even though it's kind of crazy to look at. It's like at least huh. something's going on. And then right as you pass by like the, the laboratories, there's just this big brown furry wall. Huh. I feel I... like it was on sale and they had to buy the brown furry instead of the red furry. I mean, a lot of the art direction and editing decisions in this movie are vexing. Like, Yeah, this movie felt like it was 100 years long. Yes. And with shots squeezed in for absolutely zero reason. Yeah. I, I tracked... At one point, there's just a close-up of the front wheel of a plane. <laughs> uh, there are not one, but two close-ups of two different skylights. In two different hotels. Uh, there was a close-up of Gwyneth Paltrow squeezing Cheese Whiz onto crackers. Like, yes. none of I remember none of this. it's for anything. None of it's for anything. It's, it's to, well, because she's got to be down to earth and she hasn't left her trailer trash route. So she's putting easy cheese on a Ritz cracker. But, but why the skylights, Michelle? Why? why I don't know. The, because okay. of, at some point, somebody told the cameraman, I need you to point that up at the <laughs> skylights in this mall. It's important. I feel like they just sent a bunch, a series of cameramen out to just get footage of, just get after it, guys. Use it all. Any of it's good. Good. Just <laughs> do it, and we will use it. We barely wrote a script. We're going to need to fill 90 minutes. We, we already filler. paid Gwyneth. Let's do this. Um, okay, so now that we're talking about props, one of my favorite props is, or one of my favorite set design choices, is when she's got an apartment and she needs to convey how much she would like to travel the world, specifically to Paris. Mm-hmm. So they have these posters uh, all over her apartment, at least three of them, and they're full-size posters with uh, different landmarks, like the Eiffel Tower, and it'll just be this big kind of bad photograph of the Eiffel Tower, and then it just says in bold font, Eiffel Tower, across the top, <laughs> and there's the Arc de Triomphe, and it's, Arc de Triomphe, and it's all just spelled out in big, bold font, like someone's job that day on set was to make one quick trip down to Kinko's and let them make all the decisions. <laughs> It's like, where would you... Because it's the only way you could have a poster like that. You could never buy that for You money. couldn't buy a poster. That's it's right. It's such a crazy... And I had to just, like, go back and look at those. Look, that is... It's like they tried to find the worst photo, too. They didn't even just Google a better one. It's great. Right. Yeah, you're right. they're not appealing. It's great. Uh, I didn't even think of... Like, her apartment in general has a lot of weird questions. But then again, it was decorated by Mark Ruffalo, who, as... A 30-year-old law student has... So, like, she and Mark Ruffalo become an item. They move in together very quickly. And the process of moving in together is literally he brings two paper bags full of things into her apartment. (laughs) And then he has moved in. That is such a colossal red flag. Why don't you have any things, Mark Ruffalo? You took all your things. What? Where... Where is your other life, Mark Ruffalo? Right. Who is she? Where are your kids? <laughs> Who's watching the kids when you're living here two days out of every seven days? 
Yeah, yeah, their apartment's got a real just got released from prison feel. Absolutely. Actually, safe house. Yeah, okay, I'm going to say this. I think that this whole movie has a real, like, just got released from prison feel or <laughs> or like a next step after rehab kind of movie. Like, okay, right. you Getting are your life sober. Back together. You're sober, first step, houseplant. You can take care of one of those. And then, like, the next step, maybe, like, low-maintenance pet, like a goldfish. And then we can start thinking about low-maintenance movies that won't really affect you emotionally. And you Mm -hmm. can just kind of clock in and, like, experience. Like, your your presence is just sort of, like, right there across the middle. Not a lot of of peaks and valleys. Just, Just get in and get out and prove to us that you can be stable. You're being watched. That's not wrong. Court-ordered appearance in this film. Meanwhile, like, Mark Ruffalo's family is, like, so white bread that they all wear matching red sweaters on Christmas, which I really would have liked them to not make a lot of references to because you enter the Christmas scene with, like, Gwyneth Paltrow's experiencing Mark Ruffalo's family for, like, the first Christmas together. Yeah. And, like, they're all wearing matching red sweaters. And they make a deal about it of like, oh, you get to be part of the family sweater club or whatever. Yeah. What I wanted was them to just be wearing matching red sweaters and it to not be dealt with in the script. That's just like a decision <laughs> that they made. Uh, yeah. One of the only things that kind of made me chuckle is they do end up buying her one just so that she can fit in. And the, it's just a throwaway line in the background where her mom, the mom says, I hope you like a baggy medium. And then it goes to the next scene. And I don't know. I mean, this is I'm picking up crumbs now. because I, I like I thought you were going to say something different that they give her the red sweater and then say, OK, everybody, it's time for the family picture. And then she gets in the family picture, leaving the red sweater on the chair. <laughs> oh, yeah, she does. Everybody else is wearing the red sweater. She has just been given the red sweater, clearly, so that she can wear it in the family picture. And she has left it on the chair. I'll shop it in later. Also, wait, while we're here in Ruffalo Family Christmas, the gift that she and he give his grandmother... Oh, uh uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. Did these, like... I mean, these things were invented... Yeah, just go. Just describe what it is. So... Ruffalo has a uh, a grandmother who's very old and who's very hard of hearing. Uh-huh. And he and Gwyneth Paltrow give her what he describes as a universal remote. Yeah. But I will describe as like... Big a- button calculator. <laughs> <laughs> but not even shaped like a calculator. It's shaped like a T with another T at the bottom. Yeah, like- it's shaped like a cross, kind of. It's got a weird, it's like, um, oh, you know what? It's like the most difficult Tetris piece. And then yes. that, yes. but with huge buttons that you could just smash with your fist. Or it's like somebody described like a video game controller to a yeah. blind person, and they drew it, and yeah. then turned that into... A universal... Listen, we've all had universal TV remotes. They look like TV remotes, Mark yeah. Ruffalo. They don't look like the like a weird helm <laughs> for a future spaceship designed in 1973. Like, they don't... Who made this? 
There's like certain things about this movie. You know when they have like a sketch on SNL that comes on after like midnight uh-huh. and it's yeah. just like it's just for the writers and it's just stupid shit and the props <laughs> department has fun and everyone has a good laugh because no one's really watching anymore. Mm-hmm. Like brown furry wall, uh big button calculator with a crazy Tetris <laughs> shape. Like these are the decisions where I'm like, "Huh, interesting choice. I like looking at it. Doesn't have it doesn't make a lick of sense and it has nothing to do with the movie." Good job. No. The the only thing I liked in this movie at all is one of those. But I think to get to it, we'll need to talk about Mike Myers. Okay. And the terrible, uh, deeply unpleasant, unfunny yeah. character that he occupies over and over again in this movie. Yeah. So his name in this movie is John Whitney. And he is the legendary John Whitney. I don't really know why he's legendary. but he Yeah, what's is- the legend? The legend He's not is a flight that attendant. He, like, the legend very clear. is that he wanted to be a flight attendant, is cross-eyed, could not achieve that dream due to being cross-eyed. So he is either the best interviewer or the best at training flight attendants. Unclear. I, legend. I, I guess, I guess he, maybe he's a good interviewer the scene of the interview is nothing that's no Uh, it's actually insane because there are extraneous characters whose backs you see and fronts you never see (laughs) right happens two times Uh and it's funny both times it's not on purpose i'm a big people person not just big people uh not just giants was one of them right and Mm -hmm. that was like almost a well-written line like it was the close uh, the closest the movie gets to good writing is that like throwaway with that mm-hmm. character whose face you never see? Uh, so Mike Myers, I would say he's often annoying. He is yeah. extra annoying in this. Like it is him at his maximum annoying. Yes. Yeah. It's really just yeah. They told him to crank it up to eleven, break off the knob. He's doing a cross-eyed thing. He's doing like a crazy voice kind of. He's. He's like a he's wacky sketch comedy acting while everyone else is playing it straight. And it's that only works if the movie is a comedy. And I have no idea what the fuck co- like what the tone of this movie is, but I do not believe it is a comedy. So, on the Internet Movie Database, this movie is categorized as comedy LGBTQ. Excuse me. <laughs> Correct. Excuse me. No, I'm I I uh I'm pretty damn sure this is accurate uh let me pull it back up this movie is a crime to the lgbtq community oh no question i expected something a very different uh yeah i'm pretty sure it was described as comedy and lgbtq huh perfect good 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 mm-hmm. yeah yep. so uh yeah i mean it, it intends to be a comedy because of the way that mike myers has the one joke over and over again the only joke is that he has a la- like one lazy eye, and that but like the movie doesn't know how that works because he is constantly holding things an inch from his face, yes, to be able to see them, yes, which is I mean, it's not how that it's, works. It's not how that works. One iota, uh, and eventually he like has this big freak out about an eye exam. Uh, yeah. And it's like aggressively terrible. And then talks about how he needs to like ring a bell to calm himself. And then he mumbles to himself, you're a little kitty cat. Like there is just 
He rings Nothing. like a little, um, like a Tibetan prayer bell, and yeah. then he says, "I am a kitten. I am a kitten." That's right. That's right. He sings it to himself. Yeah. It's horrible. It is and they intolerable. Bring him back over and over again. Yeah, it's bad. It does lead us. Well, okay, and there's a couple of things that he says. Uh, there's a whole thing about like warm nuts, and he says like. As a character, uh, he's playing a character Ugh. in this, like, uh, acting, you know, this sort of role play where he's playing a, an, an angry, a fl- you know, an angry yeah. uh, traveler. Yeah. And uh, he says, I've felt warmer nuts on a polar bear. And then he turns to the flight attendants in training and says, on a personal note, I have felt a polar bear's nuts quite toasty warm. Yes. I. That mo- that's in the movie. I don't. I, they say I, the phrase warm nuts eight times in they? this movie. Eight Is that times. Right? I went back right? and checked and they say it eight times. Yeah. <laughs> There's a scene where, okay, so Candace Bergen is a uh, the author of a book all about like achieving her dreams and being a stewardess and blah, 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 that she's Gwyneth Paltrow's role model. They go to a dinner at her house and she tells a story about how she met her husband, which is that he kept requesting warm nuts. And he, he asked for more warm nuts. And then she checked under his seat and he had just napkins full of warm nuts under his seat. And for whatever reason, she says it like that every time. Warm nuts. <laughs> it's like hypnotic. To be but fair, then, if you're Candace Bergen and you're given the opportunity, why wouldn't you? Yeah, they say it eight times because then Mike Myers says it again later. And that's not even counting all the times they say nuts, which I believe I believe are numerous. So There's the also way more dick jokes in this movie than I would have expected. They are yeah. all delivered by Joshua Molina, who in, uh, in two instances. One, he confirms that some European men are circumcised. One. Yes. And two, he's on a plane with Gwyneth Paltrow. And he says that there's like a, a, a guy that's given him the eyes. Cruising in. And him. he said, uh, Josh Molina says the following words. I asked him to put his tray table up and he said, that too? Question mark. Which. Yeah. So just to unpack this, Josh Molina. Yep. You, you asked this person. To put his tray table up, as you do on an airplane. Mm-hmm. And what he said back to you was, I have an erection for you. I've got right? a plane boner. I've got I an airplane boner real, for you. Real... <laughs> <laughs> it is important that you, Joshua Molina, know that I have a plane erection for you, Joshua Molina. Uh, yep, he's really pleased. Made his so, day. Yeah, it's... I mean, most of what Molina talks about is dicks. Uh, but before we move off of Mike yeah. Myers, he... He does not deliver the line. Nobody delivers the line. But the only thing that I found the least bit fun in this movie, which is a good part of a bad running joke, is that the Mike Myers character has photos of himself with three people. Sammy Davis Jr., who has Uh one eye. Corey Feldman. Nope, not Corey Feldman. Marty Feldman. Who has who's okay. in uh, Young Frankenstein and has like really unusual oh, eyes? Oh, the the crazy eyes, yeah. Yeah, and Peter Falk, who has a lazy eye. So he just has three pictures of people with him and people with eye disorders, which is not cool. But it is if you're gonna have this bad running joke, I think a pretty yeah. decent way to deliver it. Uh, this is like the art direction, kind of like somebody's got 
an agenda. And I'm down because at least somebody's making bold decisions. Someone's making choices at all, which is good. Yeah. I think that's mm-hmm. great. Um, yeah, I mean, oh God, Mike Myers. I really did like the interview scene because it sets it up like they're trying to have him interview Christina Applegate, Gwyneth Paltrow, Kelly Preston, etc. It seems like it's just those three women. And then they intercut it with a random like uh, Latina woman who gets like one line. And then the backs of two other individuals whose faces you never see. And one of them gets to deliver a pretty funny line and you never see his face. And then a woman who's just sitting there in a yellow shirt nodding her head up and down. And it, I just, I just, the, the things they chose to cut out when so much was left in, like the front wheel of a plane, is fun. Right. It's fun. And I, liked, I like to look at it because it's something to look at. Yeah. That guy's I mean, there's no good decision in this acting. movie. Uh, like, okay. Yeah. I can't stress this enough. Gwyneth Paltrow was 31 years old when this movie <laughs> came out. And Christina Applegate was 32 years old. These two women have both been in a decent amount of things. And one of them had already won an Oscar. So, like, why? Yeah. Why? That and is... it was a first-time director, and I think like a first-time screenwriter. No one was like owing anyone any favors. This was just a movie that showed up on their porch one day, and they're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I sign off on." It, oh yeah, it's she, like um, it's like everyone took good stuff by then. It's like everyone's on a lot of pills. That's the feel of this movie. It's ah. like, every, oh, you know what it's like? It's like everyone took one pill, and that pill is the one that, like, uh, what is it, Ambien, where you do the kind of, like, you're very mobile and you're acting like you're awake, but you're very much still asleep. Mm-hmm. And then Mike mm-hmm. Myers was given the opposite of Ambien. And right. those people were allowed in the same space together, but they just kind of kept missing. Like, he's interacting with people, but he's kind of on his own level where he's definitely on an upper and everyone else is in a fog. This was also really looking at a, energy. a very weird couple of years for Gwyneth Paltrow. It's like Between the Royal Tenenbaums, obviously a good movie. Yeah. It's Shallow Hal, uh-huh. Austin Powers and Goldmember, right. Possession, View from the Top. Sylvia, which is a real movie, and Sky Captain the World of Tomorrow. Like, huh. that's just kind of, you're just in a down period. And we've all had those. Yeah. I don't hold it against her. Yeah, uh, she was trying to do comedies, I guess. Yeah, I guess they had, I saw in the uh, trivia that they had made this some years prior to its uh, release. Oh, that makes lots of sense. Yeah. And, that makes the most sense. And it was, uh, Michelle, it was held back because of 9-11. Uh, was it? It really oh, was. planes. Oh, of course, planes. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. Uh, yeah. I mean, you got to figure that there was some studio executive like, shucks. Uh, yeah. He, ha- he had a really bad day. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, there are a couple of other small things about this movie that I wanted to talk about, but God, there's so little to talk about in this movie oh. uh, itself. Do you have other things? Yeah, that, I have. Yes, I have a question for you. What Please. year is this movie set in? Oh, that's a good question. What year? It took me a really long time to, I thought, figure it out, and then it threw me a curveball, and it turns out I was wrong. So I want to know what you have to say on the matter. Wait, so this there is like a dis, there is there is a correct answer to this. question. I don't think there's a correct answer, but I know what year it isn't. Okay, <laughs> it 
it has like the the tenor of the world suggests the 80s yeah but the like how people are dressed yeah suggests the late 90s right i what, would what are your say they use a lot of they use a lot of songs that are from the 80s they use like oh uh don't stop it starts, believing. Yeah, it starts with "Don't Stop Believing." Time after time, those two basically interchangeably for the entire movie. Like they got mm-hmm. the rights to "Time After Time," and then they used different variations of it, including Every an possible ins- arrangement, an orchestral arrangement. And in, yeah, exactly, like an instrumental version, etc. Um, all the characters are wearing that like colorful eyeshadow, big hair. There's like only indicators that it's basically set either in like '80s, maybe. 80s 90s but definitely got a strong 80s vibe um at one point candace bergen says did you see me on oprah i scared the hell out of that little wiener dr phil Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that puts us firmly where the movie was made in the early aughts and now i don't know what the fuck is going on Wait, was Dr. Phil not on Oprah for until wasn't late in the game? Wasn't he just like a late, maybe late 90s, but he was, wasn't he just a mainstay of like kind of like later on Oprah? Because I only remember him being a famous guy and getting his own show like in the aughts, right? Uh, McGraw Isn't... rose to fame with appearances on the Oprah Winfrey show in the late 90s. So yeah, oh. early aughts, late 90s, not the 80s. Definitely, Definitely not, not the, the 80s, 80s, though. And I, I just, yeah, like, this movie came out, like, 2003. It was, I guess, shelved for a few years. It really just feels like it pulled the rug out from under me. I thought this was, like, 1987. So confusing. So much yeah. big hair. So much big so hair. So much big hair. Right. The hair is completely detached from anything else in the movie. Anything and it's else not just world. a trailer park thing. It is absolutely across the board. Everyone's got big, weird hair and, like, power suits and crazy makeup that you don't see ever after that time period is very confusing movie and the soundtrack choices i just could not figure it out that's true everybody's hair is sort of like portia de rossi's hair in arrested development where like it changes a lot and in weird aggressive ways uh there's like there are a couple moments that i want to talk about uh that i think are special moments that are worth raising up Mm -hmm. one is that uh so Ruffalo has just like he's top of his class in law school or some shit and he comes home and like Gwyneth is moving out and this is his big moment to say I'm in love with you Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah. And I really want to know who these people are who in a relationship move in together before they say I love you to each other. Mhm. Cuz that's roll the dice. that's wild. It is. That's wild. Like that's how... a level of desperation that is frightening to me. <laughs> it is. It is. It's... Especially when you witness hurry. the room that they both exist in. It's just bare walls, no furniture, two <laughs> paper bags worth of belongings. Like a real two humans at the end of their rope kind of vibe. <laughs> that's right. That's right. But he's a successful lawyer. Such a successful lawyer, Michelle, that he gets his picture in the local Cleveland paper. That Gwyneth Paltrow has flying from New York to Paris at the on the front page where he's smiling like he's taking his third grade school picture. Like, I have so yeah. many questions about one, 
this Cleveland newspaper that runs <laughs> stories about people being hired at law firms. And two, Gwyneth Paltrow's ability to acquire a Cleveland newspaper in New York City and then fly it to Paris. Like, when, how? Amazing. How? It's good. Yeah. He also, like, we meet him at the beginning of the movie because they're all hanging out on, like, Lake Havasu or something. And he is a boat cop, right? Mm-hmm. He's, he's boat law enforcement. Lake Patrol. <clears throat> Yeah. Lake Patrol. Um, and he says, like, that he was, like, a almost a lawyer in the top of his class, and then he got a crazy idea that he should just pursue what would make him most happy, which up until this point was Lake Patrol, I guess. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there's, like, a whole separate movie where Mark Ruffalo is a very smart man in law school and then leaves law school to go be on a lake and be a boat cop, and that is the penultimate achievement thus far until he meets Gwyneth Paltrow. And then goes back to law school because he went on a date with Gwyneth Paltrow and she said, I'm going to be a flight attendant. And he's like, that's a great sign for me to go back to law school, I guess. I Uh, mean, I'm just, what I'm saying is that he could have been a boat cop anywhere. And they would have led a happier life. That's true. That's true. Instead, you know, they're but I mean, he wouldn't be Cleveland. getting on the cover of Cleveland's newspapers, though. So, at the end of the movie, she comes back on Christmas to, like, try to meet Ruffalo. And instead, she, like, finds his grandmother and she explains very quietly. Like, she has completely forgotten that this grandmother cannot hear. She's, like, whispering to herself yeah. to the grandmother. And then... Uh, the grandmother clearly can't hear, but Mark Ruffalo can hear and comes down and, like, they have a moment. And then, like, they make out for a long period of time. Yeah. Well, the, I mean, enough time for the camera to be zoomed in on them and then slowly zoom out. They're, like, really making out. His hands are all over her. And his (laughs) grandmother is still a foot away from them. Like, in the same room. Christmas decoration now. I guess. Uh, And then suddenly Gwyneth Paltrow is an airline pilot. Uh And like, this is the most interesting aspect of the movie. Like, her transition from flight attendant to airline pilot feels like the important thing to learn about. Nah. It's actually about women who hate each other, Penry. That is the most important thing about this movie. That's right. Uh, I also like that she becomes an airline pilot which does not solve the problem that she was trying to solve, right? Like, she needed to stop being a flight attendant because it kept taking her away from Mark Ruffalo, which is problematic in its own right, but let's set that aside. So she decides to take literally the only other job that consistently requires you to fly away from where (laughs) you live. Yeah. (laughs) That's true. Yep. She's got to get as far away from that scary apartment as humanly possible because it is a prison. And it might actually be his prison. There's a not small chance that he's wearing an ankle bracelet under those slacks (laughs) in every single scene. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, if you study, you you can be a law student in prison. Why not, man? That's a good reason to, it's motivating. Great motivator. Uh, there's a moment that has nothing to do with anything where Gwyneth Paltrow pops a bottle of champagne on a first class flight 
and mm-hmm. it just hits a guy in the head. The cork hits him in the head, and he just says, oh, six times. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Made me happy. It made me laugh. I watched it two times. <laughs> there's also, at this in that same scene, when she's like about to pop the cork, there's a different passenger who keeps saying, like, I need to call ahead if the plane's going to be late. And oh, I swear to God, with the hair? I was convinced that was Mark Ruffalo in a disguise. Like, it <laughs> yeah. looks a lot like Ruffalo in a disguise. Yeah. Wearing like a Beekman disguise, but a disguise. Oh, yeah. Big crazy hair and glasses. Also the most 80s ass looking dude. I just don't understand this movie. That's true. Yeah. Um, all the good moments are thick. This is, this is a Hallmark movie. That's what it this is. is. This it is a movie is. that you watch so that you can put commercials in between it. Like, it's basically so you can put ads for uh, Life Alert and, <laughs> like, Egg Beaters mm-hmm. and... The greatest hits of the 60s and 70s. Yeah, and yeah, like, Smooth Jazz. It's just so you can put all that stuff, like, you've got a place for it because it can't just exist in an, in the ether on its own. Right. You can't just have it in Sky Mall. If beige could be a movie, this movie is that. This movie is so beige. This movie is, n- is nothing. And yet, there's 183 plot keywords. <laughs> yeah? Hit me. Yes. Hit me. Uh, well, the, f- the first one, Michelle, is popping a cork. Oh, the, yeah. The second is B word. And then let's start running through it. Deception. Right looking at oneself in a mirror. Interesting. Betrayal by a friend. Bigger dreams. Reference to Lake Havasu City, Arizona. <laughs> Thin legs, slender legs. Ew. Woman with a bare midriff. Ew. Bare midriff. Woman in a pose. Upskirt. I'm uh, sorry. <laughs> that's what? I know exactly what they're talking about. I there's, don't. There's a <laughs> yes, good. There's a moment at the end when she gets in a fight with Christina Applegate, and they have to drag Christina Applegate off of her body because she's attacking her. And, like, the camera all but goes, like, into her skirt. Like, they pull her away in a horizontal position away from the camera. And I was just staring at it like, oh, no, I do not. They cannot. They cannot, in this movie, show Christina Applegate downstairs because she's getting paid, like, nothing. Like, she probably owes them money. This is not okay. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's unfortunate. That's a big old yikes. But also, it's consistent with uh, the tone of IMDb keywords. I'm surprised it's eight rows down. Yeah, uh, me too. Woman wears a uniform. Uh, hope. Hope <laughs> is a plot keyword in this movie. And we're just going to see what other movies depressing. Hope is a plot keyword for. We'll, we'll get back there. Uh, gay. Misunderstanding. <laughs> forward title. Winking at the camera. Breaking the fourth wall by winking. Does yeah. that happen in this movie? Well, <laughs> when she becomes a pilot at the end, oh, she yeah. turns around and barrels the camera and gives them the all like, look at me go. That's right. Kiss on the lips. Kiss on the lips is a plot <laughs> keyword in this. Character says, I love you. Newspaper clipping. Photograph in a newspaper. Character appears in newspaper. Answering machine message. American in France. Thrown to the floor. Pounding head on the floor. <laughs> what Kick, else? Kicked in the shin. Giving the finger. Perfect score. Perfect score. <laughs> Reference to Dr. Phil, reference to Oprah Winfrey, wearing identical clothing, having picture taken, Uh having having picture picture taken, taken. 
Remote like- control. Reference to Men's Health magazine. Huh. Watching a movie on TV. Oh, yeah, because she's watching Ghost. Right. Analogy. Ringing a bell. One dollar bill. Character hmm. appears on TV. Character appears in a TV show. Wait. Strabismus. Strabismus. What, what is Strabismus? Strabismus. Uh, Strabismus? Strabismus. Let's, it's got to be a type of cloud, right? Nope. Is that it a, it's is, like a... It's a, la- it's a lazy eye. Oh. La- is that like yeah. a real word for it? I guess. Yeah. Oh. Huh. Uh, I guess we're learning today. We sure are. Singing along with the radio. Singing in a car. Covering one's eyes with one's hands. <laughs> the tense. <laughs> the way that they... <laughs> uh. Screaming woman. Skimpy outfoot. Passionate kiss. Obscene finger gesture. What? Obscene finger gesture. Do We're you gonna... recall? Uh, yeah. Did they flip uh, the bird? Is that Christina why? Applegate, after uh, the her her upskirt performance. Oh, as they uh, drag her away, she's, she's flipping she off. Gives the yeah, finger, yeah, yeah, yeah. That actually uh, is like one of the funnier moments. She just goes completely limp and lets them drag her away off scene. Off, off you were right that she does deliver... Like, I hated her character, and I found her difficult to watch, but she's, like, she's giving it her all in a way that almost nobody else is in this She's, movie. like, an actual comedic actor who would be funny if they gave her anything interesting to say. Yes. Yeah. Uh, premarital sex. <laughs> it's, a, it's always a weird thing when it's older adults. Like, it's... <laughs> yeah. And, and, I mean, they... I, I will agree that it is implied... But it is not explicit. Like, they're living together. I assume they're fucking. But, like... Yeah, <laughs> there's absolutely zero. I mean, this is, like, could be a G-rated movie almost. Yeah, the parent's guide basically suggests that it is. The parent's guide is not even worth reading because it's basically like, this movie's fine. Yeah, there's nothing going on. There's, like, a, maybe a couple swears, but I don't recall if There's they... a couple swears. Yeah. Yeah, there's specifically a couple swears. Uh... Big Hallmark energy, though, right? Like, no bad words, no sexual energy, a couple mouth kisses, I guess. Huge Hallmark energy. Man, the... All right, so the top movies for some of these these great words here. For obscene finger gesture, the top movies are Fear Street Part 2, Fear Street what? Part 1. What? Once like Upon a Time R. in Hollywood. Like R.L. Sign? Yes. Uh, Why? Weird Science... Guardians of the Galaxy, John Wick Chapter 3, Boogie Nights, Knives Out, and The Wolf of Wall Street. Those are your big obscene finger gesture movies. (laughs) Ah, I did not even think about Fear Street being a thing that was on anyone's radar. I'm going to have to Google that later. Do you want to know the, uh, the most popular... Okay, we'll go the the most number of votes for um for movies using hope. Oh, with no. a, so the Shawshank okay. Redemption. Yes. The Dark Knight. Okay. Interstellar. Huh. Batman Begins, The Dark Knight Rises. What? <laughs> Sch- Schindler's List. Okay. Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Mad huh. Max Fury Road. 
The Walking Dead, these are weird. These are weird ones. These are weird. Yeah. Very odd. I mean, like, I would say, like, three of those I could have get Two of those. I would, yeah, like Schindler's List, Shawshank Redemption. Oh, man. Kiss on the Lips is even better for the the, top. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you about. So the most number of votes for uh, Kiss on the Lips. Mm Mm-hmm. That would be The Dark Knight Rises. Who are these people? The The Terminator. What the fuck? Captain America with the Winter Soldier. What? Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. No. Parasite. No! Now You See Me. The fuck? Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. That's disgusting. Source Code. 500 Days of Summer. And coming in at number 10 with a bullet, It. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> what is the spectrum? What even is the It's it and then it's 500 days of summer. I And then it's I a lo- whole lot of Batman. Honestly couldn't tell you. Honestly, little Batman little you. bat smooches? Someone really wants a little bat smooch, I believe. Just uh, yeah. It gives them hope. It's It's pretty weird. It's pretty weird. Do you want to see a magic trick and also these big smoochy lips? <laughs> what the hell? Uh, MDB never change. It's I. I'm so glad it exists. It never ever makes more sense. It doesn't like just when I think I've wrapped my head around it. Suddenly, no. uh, upskirts and midriffs are coming in eighth, and hands over one's eyes are coming in <laughs> higher on the list. And I just don't know what to do with that information. Pops a cork. Sometimes you just pop a cork. Sometimes you pop a cork. It's the most memorable moment in this movie for me. Man, do you, it's really like, this is the Mike Myers era. And then I think he did Love Guru and then he had to go away for a long time, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They had to put him on the (laughs) island. Yeah, he flew a a little too close to the sun. He did. He's like the only nice human being to get canceled, but like canceled in the most uh, discreet and no one will talk about it or admit it kind of way. 100% 100% right. Yeah. Not canceled for his actions in his personal life. Canceled exclusively for his actions in his, his professional life. Decisions. Correct. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Blacklisted for show. Man, Gwyneth Paltrow. Well. Not great. Not great. Not interesting to talk about, but interesting to, as a, as a thought experiment and also as a Coors Light ad because it sure does feature a whole lot of ice cold Coors Light. I'm so I'm gonna push back on uh, him canceled for the love guru. I believe that he was and deserved it, but uh, the love guru was much later than I thought it was. Oh no! How late? It's 2008. Huh? Yeah, that uh, seems recent. And like, there was a lot of Shrek after that. Oh, there but was... I don't even think Shrek counts because it's not his face. Yeah, I don't think Shrek counts as a as a Mike Myers joint somehow because that one has like stood the test of time in a weird way that like I mean Eddie Murphy wasn't allowed to be in movies for a long time either, but That's Shrek true. totally snuck him in under the. I feel like that exists in its own little universe where they were like, "This is that's the island they were forced to be banished on together." <laughs> Like, you did Pluto Nash, you made Love Guru. You guys have to live here in an animated world until think about what you've done. That's not wrong. That's not wrong. Yeah. 
He's God, I wish I could watch Pluto Nash. Scared Shrekless. Oh, uh-uh. Man, there's so much Shrek content. There's so much Shrek out there, man. Christ. So much Shrek. Yeah. Shrek's Yule Log. Donkey's Christmas Shrektacular. People love Shrek. People still, like, have a passionate, sh- like, passion for the Shrek. It's out there. It's it's referenced in my daily life, I would say, weekly. And I haven't seen Shrek since it came out. So that Is just pops that... up on all my social medias. There are a lot, of, a lot of Shrek right. jokes and Shrek things in this world right now. Interesting. Yeah, I guess... Yeah. I guess that's right. It's sort of gone over the uh, the hump and is I now like it's so. to be ironic kind of and i think also people just like, maybe it occupies that spongebob like part of our, everyone's brains where it's like i remember it and so i'm never letting this go mm-hmm. it's just out there man yeah you know thank goodness christina applegate made uh anchorman like the next year after this movie came out and oh good for her good for her right and then like mark ruffalo had already been in some stuff and then like he hulked he, out. He got to hulk out. He got to be a green guy, too. That's true. Just another green guy. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. So everyone everyone worked out okay. Gwyneth is going to be just fine. No one feels bad for Gwyneth. No, no one should ever feel bad for Gwyneth. Maybe Apple, just a little bit, just because her name is Apple. She's. They're all going to be fine. Uh, someday, I'm sure there'll be a story about something that Gwyneth Paltrow did when she was five months pregnant with Apple, and then we'll be doing this again in 30 years. <laughs> I I think this will be the movie that we've watched that I forget the fastest. Yeah. So, I mean, I saw it. I saw it in theaters when I was in high school. And I only remembered the one thing, which was that time after time plays time after time over and over and over again. And that's the one thing about this movie. That and, like, that there's a, a, lot, of, a lot of scenes where she's got big, crazy 80s hair. The only two things I could possibly remember about this movie were things I could learn from the back of the DVD. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, really bad, really beige, basically a Hallmark joint. And um, somehow they stacked the cast and spent $30 million on it. So go them. Did it make it back? It made $19 million back. But, like, honestly, that's a lot of money to make on. I mean, they barely lost money on this thing. They barely spent money on this thing. Yeah, it is kind of shocking given that star power that they made it for 30 mil. Yeah. There's a lot of stock footage in this movie. I don't know if that makes it cheaper. <laughs> there's a there's Yeah, like they a did not go to Paris. Striking amount of stock footage. They did not go to Paris. Oh man. You know, they spent about the amount of money on the stock footage that they spent on uh all those cool posters for places that Gwyneth wanted to be. <laughs> yeah movie is bad but if you could be a character in this uh in this beautiful work of art who would you be oh god i hadn't even thought about it probably oh bergen i guess she comes out okay i was gonna pick candace bergen because she's got that psychotic basin full of uh phallic airplane oh yeah she just keeps in her bathroom but you cannot take them you cannot take them you cannot steal them otherwise she fires you from the airline right and i she's actually kind of like a a crazy bond villain or something like why does she tempt everybody with these phallic treasures (laughs) and and i was weirded out by like how phallic those were and it was not made reference to it's just like these are the airplane soaps that nobody noticed are extremely dickly 
Yeah, very dickly because like the the main feature of a plane are the wings. Am I wrong? <laughs> and it's it's mainly just shaft. It's fuselage. It's all fuselage. <laughs> it's like it's got ornamental wings and a whole lot of shaft, and it's just it's an interesting choice. Someone had to make a soap mold and then make that. I'm telling you, props department. I choose mm-hmm. a character that's not in the that's movie. Right. I choose props guy. <laughs> 100%. I choose 100%. a guy who's slightly off screen, either chuckling at absolutely everything or just earnestly making a lot of very interesting decisions. I respect it. He I or she it. is my hero. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so don't watch this movie. Don't do that. Yeah, save yourself the 86 minutes that it would take out of your day. Or like watch it if you have a head injury and you just need to like have something going on to stimulate like like a visual stimulus. It could be ambient. I agree. Although you could also watch one of those videos you put in front of cats with mice running across the screen. Just quick and that would random be action. Yeah. Equally entertaining. Perhaps <laughs> yeah. more. Exactly. It's, it's a screensaver of a movie faux show. Well. Well. <laughs> that was this movie. Uh, until next time, I'll be Henry. I'll still be Michelle. Experiment and fast forward into the future of acting. 